Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the By Word Show. I'm so glad you're here. Today's going to be an amazing episode. We've got Carly Pancake here with us today, which, by the way, I just have to say that is the best last name I've ever heard. Do you get that like every day? Yes, I do. Yeah, I'm a teacher, <laughs> so my students are. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, pretty much anyone who hears is like, is that real? Um, but yeah, it's a really fun last name to have, especially when you're working with kids. Oh yeah, that's amazing. So for those who don't already know you, would you just quickly introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yes. So I am, I do a lot of things, <laughs> um, but I, so I graduated from college in 2014 with a degree in Spanish, which is kind of random, but I really loved the <laughs> language um, and studied abroad. Um, and I was a teacher for eight years before I um, decided to quit and homeschool my kiddos. So I have three kids. Um, Two are adopted from foster care. One is 17, one is 14. And then I have a biological son who is one. So it's kind of crazy town over here. Um, (laughs) But yeah, the last couple of years I've been uh, homeschooling. I teach and tutor Spanish. Um, I write at carlypancake.com. And I just recently released um, my first devotional. So on Isaiah 58. That is so awesome. Well, I think you're amazing. Just the fact that you have multiple kids and you still have found time to write and create something so, so beautiful for other women. That's just incredible. So would you tell us about this new devotional, the story of how it came about and what it's about, just all the things? Yeah. So um, my husband and I became foster parents in 2017 um, and we had opened our home to five to 11 year olds. Our very first call was a call that um, they told us that it would not be a temporary placement. It would be a permanent placement um, and that it would probably result in adoption. And so we had to decide Mm -hmm. right away whether we were, we were only 26 and not parents. And so we had to decide, um, did we want to be like all in? So we said yes. And that kind of set us on the trajectory to where we are today. There have been a lot of really difficult moments in mm. parenting kids from difficult places that have endured things that they should never have endured. Um, and so there's been a lot of just when you when you enter into broken places, you're going to experience a little bit of brokenness yourself. As I kind of started experiencing that brokenness myself, I was reading Isaiah and I got to Isaiah 58 and I felt like those words were written exactly for that moment in time, right Mm -hmm. for me, uh, which has happened to me a couple times in my life, but not that specifically. Um, and I just like ate those words up. Like I could not Mm. stop reading them. Um, and since then I have, I mean, I've read it thousands of times. I have it pretty (laughs) much memorized. Um, and so it has, it just has so much depth and, um, evidence of God's promises and also God's heart. Cause it calls us in Isaiah 58 calls us to serve people that are hard to serve the, so the vulnerable, Mm. the oppressed, the the, those who have been wrecked by injustice, um, God is like, no, I want you to do that. 
Um, mm. And that stuff is hard uh, work. Um, and so he kind of I, – I was enthralled by his promises um, in, in the chapter. And so I just wanted to encourage other people who were doing work um, like I was doing that it felt impossible sometimes. But God, God has these like really – sweet promises in that chapter mm. that kind of direct us back to him. So that's kind of where, where it came from, right? Really a dark season in my life, um, a hard season in my life. And it continues to serve me. I mean, I, I still, the other day I wrote it out again. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, I, I can't get over the words. Mm. I love that. So what was your heart when you were processing all of this and then turning it into a devotional for other people, other women, what did you want to share with them that you discovered in your own process? So there are like five sections of the, of the chapter. Um, the first section is just like what God calls us to. So that's kind of what I already said. The, uh, it's like lightening the burden of other people, um, breaking people's mm. chains, those types of things. And so then it goes into, um, because God is like not pleased with their fasting. They're fasting and they mm. have, they're like checking all these religious boxes. Like I haven't had food for five days. And um, <laughs> they're just like, I mean, basically a modern day of like us being like, well, I went to church every day this year. Mm. Um, and so he's like, no, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm asking of you. I'm asking you to do this really hard thing, right? But then he follows that up with these promises that are like, um, I will renew your strength. I will give you water mm. when you are dry. I will, um, your salvation will come quickly. Um, I, you, will, I, you will hear my answer. Things that feel distant from us when we're in the work of caring for people and um, – just like, I mean, even just like as women, like if we're moms or wives or teachers or whatever it is that our job is, we're, we're laying down our lives for the sake of others, mm. right? And so our, our flesh wants to say, no, serve yourself, <laughs> right? But God is like, no, there is more abundant life over here when you follow me into this difficult place. And I'm going to show you that that's where I am you're going to find me there. And then at the end of Isaiah 58, this is the part that I feel like is so necessary for women. But at the end, he's like, okay, yeah, I called you to do this. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to give you an identity and a purpose by being a well-watered garden and an ever-flowing mm -hmm. spring, right? But then he's like, and you also need to rest. Um, you need to surrender the work that I've given you to me because it's not your work to begin with. Mm -hmm. I am going to finish what I started. You are on mission with me, but you are not responsible for the end product, right? And so like learning to find our rest in Christ, not just like resting on the couch or <laughs> doing what fills us up. Like those things are important, but like finding our rest in the God who made us and who frees mm -hmm. us to do that, to rest like that. Ah, oh, that's so good. I really love that because I think you're right. It's so easy to get caught up in going through the motions of 
being a good Christian, checking all the boxes. I mean, there have been seasons in my life where I feel like I'm doing it all right on paper. I'm doing great. Like I'm going to church. I read my Bible. I pray for people. I'm a nice person, (laughs) you know, like all of those things. But at the end of the day, I feel like even when we're doing those good things, just like you said, we really miss out on the abundance that comes with being willing to step out and do the hard things. But like you said, I feel like this really is the most beautiful picture of how God operates because yes, he does call us to do hard things, but then he's the one who empowers us to do it. Like you said, he gives us strength and he gives us rest. And it's, it's just this beautiful experience that we really don't like, I just think about how we don't really get to know God as healer until we get into a moment in our life where we need healing. Yes. Right. Or we don't really get to know God as a provider until we're in those places where we actually need to be provided for. Yeah. Yes. And it's the same thing. And I just love that you are inviting women into this opportunity for more, even though it requires doing a hard thing. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, it's something that I don't think is uh, talked about enough, uh, caring mm-hmm. for people that are on the outskirts. I think that's really a big part of the heart of God is that we serve people and love people who other people might ignore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is like really scary. So like a lot of people are like scared of foster care because, yeah. because of what they've heard about kids that are in foster care and parents that have their kids in foster care and what that looks like. Um, and I'm not saying foster care is the only way to do that. There are millions of right. ways that you can serve the vulnerable. It's just one way, but I'm just mm-hmm. giving from my experience, it can be really scary. And so you're, you're laying it all on the line, really. Um, your whole life is on the line. And so it's like, like, is God really going to do what he said he is going to do? Like, is he going to show mm-hmm. up for me? And, but I mean, I, I take heart in the Philippians one six, like, I don't think it always looks like. Like even now, I'm we are we're no longer foster parents; we're adoptive parents. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't really see the fruit of our labor yet. You know, there mm-hmm. there's not immediate fruit, which I think is why the rest piece is so important. Because if we are relying on our own selves to accomplish this like really difficult, broken thing, we're gonna be disappointed. We're not going to see the small bits of progress because we're focused on all of the things that aren't happening. Yeah. Um, but rest allows us to, to, it gives us space to see what God is doing, even the small, smallest little bit <laughs> and to keep moving forward in what he's called us to, even when it doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's such a good point. I think you're so right because even when we are in that good Christian mode of checking all the boxes and having the good routine, that even becomes focused on yourself or focused on outcomes. And you're so right about how a lot of the times like doing what God really is calling us to do requires getting outside of ourselves and getting a little uncomfortable. But I think it's so beautiful, the rest piece coming into that because There's no way we can do that well if we are relying on our own strength. Like, absolutely, I would be out for the count, like, almost immediately. I would not be able to do it. But it's so amazing that God gives us 
the will and the power. I love that verse where he gives us the power and the desire Mm. to do the things that please him. Mm -hmm. And he really just sustains the whole process, which is so beautiful because you're right. There are seasons that come and it's like, okay, God, I'm doing the hard thing. I see absolutely no growth. I see absolutely no progress. And if you're depending on your own abilities, you get burnt out, you get discouraged, you get defeated. And it's like, what's the point? But if you know going into it, like, God, I'm doing this because it matters to you. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to serve the way that you would serve your people, the ones who are hurting, the ones on the outskirts, the vulnerable. Like, it motivates us more than anything else probably could. You know, like, if I'm doing it just because, like, oh, yeah, this is a nice thing to do, like, that will not last. <laughs> well, and yeah, I love that what you said serving others can make us feel like it doesn't have any results, right? But like when we are serving God, our results are not based on what is happening in our service. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So like, like, I love that you said that because our, when our motivation is serving the Lord and, um, making him our delight, like as we serve others, our goal is still to serve the Lord through serving others. And so I think it can be really easy if you're doing this hard work, it can be really easy to like measure your success. Like, okay, well Mm. we've seen like less behaviors or we've seen um, more people come to the soup kitchen or we've seen whatever it is that you would measure your success in. But, but God is like, that's why he calls us to that rest because he's like, it doesn't matter. Your job is just to do your job. Your job is not Mm. to see what the result is from doing the job, even though that feels good. And sometimes we can see a harvest. It's not always going to happen that way. Uh, And so we have to keep motivated somehow. I do. I want to read this, this section from the rest section of that verse. God gives us promises when we're doing the work, right? But he also gives us promises when we rest. So it's like, Mm. it's just, he like elevates it to the level of, our doing is just, or our being is just as important as our doing. Our resting is just oh. as important as our service. So he says, keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath and everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. So like the when we rest, we recognize that our delight is in the Lord and not in our results. Our delight wow. and that he will satisfy us with his inheritance, not from the inheritance of what we can see from our own labor. Wow. That's so good. And I mean, that in itself is a hard thing to let go, like detach our worth, our success, our motivation from the results oh my goodness, that's a hard thing for me to do. But to be just willing to let go and just just serve because that's what God wants us to do is so beautiful because you're so right. He meets us there and then our delight is in him, not in what we're doing, not our work. And that is a hard one I feel like, at least for me, but probably a lot of women because we're told a lot of the times that's where our worth comes from, our value, our success, all the things is how much we can produce and accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that, I mean, that's like a whole nother podcast is like <laughs> yeah. where our worth is coming from because mm. especially like, um, I don't know if you're like in, 
to the Enneagram. I'm not super into <laughs> it, but I, I'm an Enneagram too. So like I find mm. a lot of worth in myself in helping others. And so when I don't, when I'm not getting that value, I I feel worthless. Um, and so mm. I, ha- I have to really focus my attention on what, where does my worth come from? Uh, does it come from like what you just said? Is, does it come from my success or does it come from what, how God defines me? Does it come from God's, mm. God's love for me and his calling for my life? That's where I, I can, I have feet on solid ground there when I'm, yes. when I'm like just looking for approval from everybody and their mom, <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> falling into the cracks because I'm never going to gain that approval. Like it, it's impossible mm. to gain. Yeah, absolutely. It will never be enough. It will never satisfy us the way that we hope it will. Cause I'm the same. I'm a three on the Enneagram. Mm. So we're similar, yeah. but for me, I love the recognition, Mm -hmm. the affirmation, the accolades of like, oh, Hannah, you did such a good job, all that. And it's just, it's just so empty. If I put all of my worth and all of my life and my purpose based on how people respond to me, that's just so empty. So I think that's beautiful because I've been in a, a long journey of discovering how important rest is in my own life. I'm, I'm very much a go, 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 got to work, got to do all the things kind of person. And I've just found that if I'm not prioritizing rest, I so quickly forget the truth about my identity, mm-hmm. the truth about what God is even calling me to do, like the things that really matter. So I love that rest is a central theme of this study because I feel like rest even helps us be still enough to remember his promises or to hear his promises and all of those things. So that's that's incredible. And along with that, I know some other themes in your book are God's promises, worship, rest. What do you wish women knew more about those things? I, I think I'll start with worship because I think that we've in our society have in our Christian culture in America have wrapped up what worship is in this tiny little box. Like this is worship. Mm. I mean, and we, we call like singing from the stage, we call worship like at church. Right. (laughs) And so we're like, that's worship (laughs) singing, um, which it is, that's part of it. Um, and, and that's a beautiful part of, of worship, but God has called us to a deeper kind of worship. Like if you think about Romans 12, where he says that worship is like offering, offering, offering your body as a living sacrifice, holy Mm. and pleasing to him. So your your worship is like literally giving over your whole life. So mm. worship, if you if you cut it down to just the singing on Sunday morning, right? You're losing a big part of what God has called us to within worship, um, because mm. it's the daily laying down our lives for God's sake, for the sake of others. That's, I mean, that's basically what he's calling us to in the first five verses of Isaiah 58 is to honor the Lord through our service to others. Mm. Um, And that's not the only way. I mean, I think Isaiah 58 is a very specific, like he's calling out that he's calling out their like wrongdoing because they, they're, they're doing the thing where like kind of like the Pharisees where they're like, I keep my hands clean. And <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of like a modern version of this without being like really down on people, you know, but like, kind of like I go to church, I serve in the children's ministry. I, what, 
like I, I check these boxes. I read my Bible every day, which are all important parts. Like he's not saying don't do that. Um, right. He's saying that when you have a life transformed by his gospel, right? If your life is transformed by the goodness of God, then you're going, you're naturally, it's naturally going to overflow into service of others Mm -hmm. um, and mercy and reaching out to people who otherwise would be forgotten. Right. So I wish, I wish more women recognized that, that worship is just, it is a specific calling on your life to lay down your life for others. And that can Mm -hmm. look a lot of different ways. So I'm not saying that everybody needs to be in foster care, but Mm -hmm. like everyone needs to do what God has called them to do um, in that realm of vulnerable people. I feel like a big piece of that that I've encountered in my life is people feeling like, oh, well, I can't make a difference in – you know, human trafficking or the foster care system, or I'm not, I'm not called to that. And I love that you mentioned it doesn't have to be one specific way. Like there are so many ways to care for people in need. I mean, it could be taking a meal to a single mom. It could be, you know, just babysitting someone's kids for a while so that they have support to go to work or do what they need to do. You know, it's just, I love that there are so many ways to look at that and it all is so pleasing to God. It doesn't have to be like, these are your options and this is the only way you'll be able to use your life as worship. It's just, I love that you mentioned worship as being a living sacrifice. It's just being willing to say yes in whatever capacity God is calling you to do in that season. And I think it's like really important to note that it's really hard to live your life as a living sacrifice when you're constantly on the go which I think is where oh. the rest piece, rest piece comes in, right? Like yeah. you're not able to see other people's needs when you literally do not stop from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. You're not able to oh. see your own needs when you do that. Right. And oh, so yeah. When you intentionally live at a slower pace um, and are, you're able to see and live in proximity to people who are in need, um, you're able to meet those needs better and it's easier Mm. and it's not as like oh I have to like drop everything and go serve at a soup kitchen on Saturday like yeah it could just be that you that you bring some extra banana bread to your neighbor um who is Mm. elderly or something like you know like you can see the needs when you slow down so yes oh that's so good you're so right (laughs) it's really Uh, hard to do that though in our culture like we it is trained to just do all the activities and sign up for all the committees. And, but like, I think we can like intentionally and lovingly serve people around us if we saw them. Yes, I totally agree. I think you're so right. And what keeps coming up is just the Psalm that says, be still and know I'm God. We've heard it a million times, but for me, (laughs) there's a lot of times I really don't get the revelation that he is God and I am not until I'm still. Yeah. We have to slow down. You're so right. We miss. We miss the people around us. We miss even our own needs, like you mentioned, if we are just always on the go. Man, that's so good. And sometimes we're on the go doing Christian stuff, right? So Right. Yes. Like, that's a crazy thing. To really acknowledge like what what is it that I'm doing and is it mm-hmm. actually serving 
is it actually serving others? Is it actually serving God? Or am I just doing it because it marks the check off? Yes. So how do you find the balance there? How do you, number one, get still? Like that is an art in and of itself. But then how do you determine in your own life, especially as a mom, what to say yes to and what to say no to and all of that? Yeah, that's really hard. So I feel like COVID was a, a lesson in this. And so, and I was a teacher. And so mm. we were we were just like really busy all the time. I was working full time. We were doing sports multiple days a week, just like mm. running around. And then it was like all of a sudden, all of that was just totally gone. <laughs> yeah. And I think everyone experienced that to some extent. Mm. But I witnessed really a huge transformation in my family of just like mm. closeness and and bondedness. And I could like I felt like I had been holding my breath for four, I guess it was at that point, it had been two years of having both kids Mm. and it just like everything just released. I felt so light and fun and silly (laughs) with my kids. So (laughs) it was just kind of an entry into a new season for us. Mm. Um, I just started considering like, what would it look like for me to quit my job? Obviously, things picked back up once COVID shut down, released. Mm. Um, but I still tried to maintain that that feeling of just connectedness as a family, but also mm. having enough. It's almost like when you let kids have enough like space to be bored in order to come up with a crazy activity. Um, yeah, <laughs> like. We almost need to let, give ourselves enough space to be able to think about how we can serve others. And so, hmm. like, if I was just making a meal, I would think about, like, simple little things. Like, can I make two of these? Can I invite somebody over? Or just, like, thinking about intentional ways that I could connect with my kids. Um, how hmm. can I lay down whatever it is that I want to do in this moment and think about what it is that they need? And usually in serving even if I was like tired or something in serving them or serving my neighbors, I was invigorated to do Mm. what God, the rest of my day. Um, it kind of like, it gave me motivation to continue that work. So I, I feel like I'm definitely no expert in saying yes (laughs) and no, I'm (laughs) my husband's a pastor. And so at our church, I'm just, I'm asked to serve a lot, which is okay. (laughs) That's just kind of how it goes. But I've had, I've had to be like, okay, this is where I feel like I'm, I'm really good at serving with teens, right? I'm really good with serving Mm -hmm. with kids. So I can do these two things. But like, if you ask me to do event planning, that's probably going to be a no. (laughs) (laughs) And so people have asked me and I have said no a lot of times, Um, just because I want to serve at the capacity that where God has called me and where God has gifted me um, so that I can, and you know, you hear the saying, like say no to the things that allow you to say yes to the important Mm. things. Right. That's not the right exact (laughs) thing, but you know what I'm saying? Like it, it frees you up to say yes to the things that are most important. Yes, absolutely. That's so good because I am the kind of person where I have been in seasons multiple times throughout my life where I just realized I have overdone it. I've overcommitted myself in the season and it's all good things. 
but it takes away from my ability to really show up and give my best to the most important things. And I just see that as a trend with women so much. Like we just want to say yes. We want to be available, which is good, but it's that balance of, okay, we're going to have more opportunities than time in our lives. So we have got to learn how to prioritize the right things. And I think what you said about knowing your own gifts and skills and abilities is key. Like knowing what God has called you to do, man, that makes a huge difference because then you kind of have some way to measure what to say yes to and what to say no to in a season so that you don't overdo it. Yes. That's something that I am currently learning. For sure. Yeah. And it's important to know your own giftedness, but also like, God's priority. So like what is mm. most important to God and how am I, how am I doing those things within the things I'm saying yes to mm. and what like really sets me on fire? Like what really like lights, lights me up and like gets me excited to serve on God's mission. Okay. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna like combine whatever it is that those things are. I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Or just one thing, especially like if you're a mom of like little kids or of big kids that are, you know, going through a season, you know, you need, you need a minute probably. Oh yeah. (laughs) Just being a mom is serving. (laughs) Oh yeah. um, Not that you should extend outside of your family. Yes. But there are seasons where it might just be you serving your family. Um, and that is okay. I think, I think you should try to think about when you can extend that and like involve your kids in serving outside of your family. Not just like you feel like you, this pressure without, like it can be a whole family thing, but yeah, I, I think that's just really important. Like there, God is not like, well, I have this checklist and you didn't (laughs) check off all the boxes. It, it should just be an outpouring of of the love that he has given to us. Yes, that's such a good point. And I'm glad you brought that up about certain seasons, just needing to be home more, needing to give your family your priorities, you know, because I've talked to women and I've felt this way at times too, where sometimes feeling like when you pull back, it can almost feel like you're failing in a sense because you're not doing as much or you can't do as much in a season but that's okay. I wish that it was easier for us to reframe that, especially as moms, because you're not a failure if you're not able to do a hundred things at once. No, no. There are seasons where less is more. Yes. There is immense value in serving your family um, mm-hmm. because raising kids is not easy. And so <laughs> raising kids that are emotionally intelligent and love the Lord. And, you know, you, you can't really control any of those things. You can teach them as much as you can, but mm-hmm. like there, there's just a, a sense in which I think a lot of times women don't think that their home work is as important as their outside work. But I think it's, it's flopped. Like our, mm-hmm. our society says that your work work is more important. And I don't know that it's really a comparison because they're both important. Um, right. But it's just as, if not more important, your family. Um, mm. Because, like, that will impact generations. Like, the way that you absolutely love your kids and mother your kids is going to impact generations of people. And I can see that probably a little bit. It's easier probably for me to see it because I can see 
the generational curses that are being broken through mm-hmm. my my kids that are older that came mm-hmm. to me through foster care. Yeah, that's really good. And that's such a it's such a good and I feel needed perspective shift because you're right. Like what we do at home really is kind of I don't know. The way that I've been learning to look at it now, especially now that my son is three and much more aware of what's going on and when mom is working and all of that, I just, I never want it to get to a point where my son dreads me working or is like, oh, mom's always busy to where he knows what I'm doing is important, but I never want him to think it's more important than him. I never want my work to be my work outside of the home to be more important than my work inside of the home. And that's something that I've had to wrestle with as an Enneagram three, because I love my work. Mm -hmm. I love what I get to do. I'm passionate about it. But I think that we just kind of miss maybe God's priorities if, if we flip them. Cause like you said, it's not really a comparison thing. One is better than the other, but they really impact one another. Like if I spend all my energy on my work, and I don't have enough left to give to my family, I, that's not God's heart, right? So like right. I, we've got to know how valuable it is to be present at home because I never want to be so worn out and tired from work that I have nothing else to give my family. Yeah, you can like definitely have a really good balance of work and life or work and home. If you can just like really be present, that's something that I'm really working Mm -hmm. on with my kids is like, I'm here physically, but am I here mentally, emotionally? Like, am I Mm -hmm. serving? Um, Am I loving my kids with my whole being? Am Mm -hmm. I all here basically? Because I, I will like a lot of times I'll be checking my phone and like thinking about, what I want to do later when I don't have to be with them or whatever. Like I really, sometimes I'm like that. If you can set aside time to do the important work that you want to do, that allows you to be more present with your kids um, or Mm. to like read or whatever it is that fills you up. Yeah. Um, Then, but then like you have to be really intentional about really being present with your kids. I think that presence is important in our culture right now a lot because of, our devices mm. like they just really are all up in our faces all the time <laughs> oh my goodness a hundred percent yes absolutely I totally agree so on that note you are a wife a mom a writer all the hats <laughs> you're wearing all the hats I'm in the same boat so what are some things that help you stay close to God and also be present and do the things that you need to do in the day-to-day this is like really hard. So, um, again, no expert, but I think I've been trying really hard first thing in the morning to go, I go on a run every day. Um, and I listen to my Bible while I do that. And that's just like something that I love mixed with something that I also love, but also like is necessary for me to be able to Mm. live out my day. Um, I think a lot of people think that a quiet time has to be sitting down with your Bible and highlighters and whatever. And I, like, I think, uh, like we were talking about seasons earlier, I think sometimes there are seasons where you literally just listen to one verse (laughs) and that's fine. Um, and so, yeah, I do. That's one way that I do. Cause it's like outside 
and I'm getting my mind focused on what I want my mind to be focused on for the day. Mm. Um, I also, prayer is something that is really hard for me because I am, I honestly don't know what my wing is, but whether Mm. it's a three or a one, I like really like to be productive. Um, Mm. And so I'm constantly like, just like, what's next? What am I doing next? What do my kids need to do next? Right. And so I have to like really intentionally wrap myself in prayer. Um, Mm. Whether that's just like, Lord, bring me back. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you've ever done breath prayers, but I do those a lot where I just say like, God, you are my father. Um, If I'm doing yoga, I try to do breath prayers during that. Um, I love that. Yeah. Just, just like whispering, like one small thing that brings me back to an understanding of like, what is my real true purpose here? Is it Mm. to check off all the boxes of my homeschool day or is it to love and serve my kids? Because maybe Mm. loving and serving my kids is not checking off all of the boxes. And so praying really like brings me back into center like, okay, I don't have to do all these things. I I can and it would be good to do these things, but like it's not a race to get it done. Yes, yes. Um, That's so good. Last week I had a really difficult situation with one of my kids and I could not figure out what to do. Um. I just felt at a total loss. And um, so I decided that I woke up and it had been two days of just like really intense, like not great home life. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I just decided like, I I can't do this without the Lord. And so I just was like, okay, I'm going to pray and fast until lunch until, well, until dinner, because i I believe that God will give an answer and he will restore this somehow. And that seems, I think sometimes fasting can seem so scary um, Mm because it's like food is what I rely on. And it's like, what gives me comfort, (laughs) right? But really draws us into his presence um, Mm. and reminds us that he is our satisfaction. Yeah. And when I did that, it really did like bring me so much peace um, Mm. because every time I'm hungry, I am reminded to pray. Uh, so just like more intentional prayer when I fast. Um, so I would say those are the things. And I, I don't, I'm not saying that like I do that. I'm not very regular with that. Um, so I'm not <laughs> some like <laughs> professional faster. Um, but <laughs> but that like I when I have done that, I have seen such fruit from it. Writing um, draws mm. me closer to the Lord. So there I'm sure that everybody listening has different things that really fill them up. And so like when I'm able to do that, it really, I'm like, okay, I, I like feel like fully myself here. Um, Mm. because I'm not writing for the purpose of just like getting it all out. I'm writing for the purpose of encouraging myself to continue Mm. in doing the work that I'm doing and then hopefully encourage others. And so it just reminds me, it like brings me into a closer, closer walk because I'm reminding myself of the truth that he has given Mm. us. Mm. I love that. It's the same for me. That's so good. I think having those anchor things that we know, okay, if I'm having a hard day or I'm in a hard season, I can come back to prayer. I can come back to writing or the thing that you feel connected to God in. 
I love that you even shared that you run while you listen to your Bible because you're right. I think that we've heard so many talks about how quiet time needs to look like the structured routine and it has to be perfect and light your candle and have your coffee and have your devotional open. (laughs) And that's beautiful. Like those are sweet, sweet moments, but it's so easy to feel like maybe it's just me, but it's easy to feel like if I can't go through that whole production, why even show up? I feel like a failure if I don't take all the boxes. I feel like I'm not a good Christian. I feel like maybe God's disappointed in me or whatever it may be. But I love that God just meets us wherever we're at Mm -hmm. and like wherever we're open and available to him. So like going for a run, listening to your Bible. Yes, I love that. I do that at the gym. I walk on the treadmill and I listen to my little Bible app and doing all the things. I'm like, this works for me in this season. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be a huge production. It's just a a part of my routine and it looks different from month to month, day to day, depending on what's going on with me, what's going on with my kid, you know? And that's so beautiful because it, it just comes back to simplifying for me. I've been, gosh, y'all have heard me on the show probably talk about this a hundred times lately, but really I think there's just this theme right now for women, just coming back to the main things, coming back to what really matters like not overcomplicating the process like we so often tend to do, but just what really matters, what really matters in the season and what really matters to God. And I think, man, you're devotional. I can't wait to get my hands on it because just coming back to worship, coming back to his promises and coming back to rest mm-hmm. reminds us who we really are, who God really is and what he's called us to do. So I, I just love it so much, man. So before we go, I would love to know, is there anything specific you would want to say to a woman who's in a, a season of just feeling tired, feeling stuck, feeling far from God? I see you. <laughs> hmm. Um, It's, it's really easy in those moments to feel unseen and invisible. Um, but I think I would just want you to know that the Lord sees you, um, mm-hmm. that he He sees the darkness and he sees the silence. He knows how you're feeling um, and he is not far. Um, Mm. he does not ever leave. I think sometimes it can feel like we're in this season of darkness, like it's going to overcome us. And so I would just encourage you to find some kind of light, whether that is just my water was really cold today in my cup, you know, like something ridiculous, like the sun shone through the, through the window really beautifully, or my kid did had one less meltdown than he did yesterday. You know, (laughs) um, I think we can find light anywhere. Um, and so finding that light and holding onto it and remembering that it's the darkness is not going to overtake you and it can't overtake you. He literally mm-hmm. will not let it overtake you. He, he promises victory over that. And so, um, just draw close to him. He, he is going to reveal the purpose of this season for you. Eventually it's just sometimes takes faith to get there. And I understand that that sometimes really sucks. So, <laughs> and some, and I sometimes the light doesn't feel close. You know, um, we have to really, really search for it. 
So, but yeah, that's what I would say. Mm, I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your story and for writing this book so other women can go through this process of studying and getting back to rest and God's promises. Will you please tell everybody where they can find you and connect and get their hands on a copy of your book? Yes. So um, my website is carlypancake.com. Um, my Instagram handle is at carlypancake. My name is spelled with a K. The The book is actually only available on Blurb. So it's like a B-L-U-R-B. If you search my name, you can find it. Um, you can also find it on my link tree. So Okay. Awesome. Well, you guys, I will make sure to link that in the description so you can go and find Carly, find her book and get connected. Carly, thank you so much for being here. I have loved just getting to talk with you and hear your story and all that you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the Byword show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember I am cheering you on.